Hello and welcome to Prop Drop and Roll, a rugby podcast with me, Joe Cobbold. Well, that's it. World Cup's underway and what a weekend. Start the tournament with six games, five winning bonus points and seven yellow cards, I think. Seven. But what a set of games. South Africa lost to France 5 to 40, Fiji lost to England 19 to 84, Australia lost to New Zealand 17-41, USA lost to Italy 10-22, uh, sorry. Japan lost to Canada 5-41, and Wales at the death Wales beat Scotland 18-15. But I'll get on to that later some great running rugby across round one but there were some silly errors that I would put down to nerves first game of one of the biggest tournaments in the sport so I imagine we'll see less of that as the World Cup goes on and as we get out of the pool stage we'll start with France's victory over South Africa which I thought had a bit of a messy start from both teams and I was soon proven wrong as Laura Santos uh, scored within the second minute. <laughs> the French lineouts were mostly strong, uh, with some massive carries coming off the back of them, and a nice chip and chase in the tenth minute, uh, leading to a try from Gabriel Vernier. Of course, South Africa were looking to retaliate, with Ruse making a nice break, but looking for a pass that wasn't there. And France get the intercept. That's sort of one of the issues I've taken. Looking for passes that aren't necessarily on. Looking for intercepts that aren't there. But we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into it. Box were using their size in the rocks and moles, but uh, beautiful intercept from uh, the French winger Boulard extended their lead, and it's a shame because that would have been an incredible break from South Africa if it hadn't have gone so wrong. Uh, in the 28th, 29th minute, it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was great. There was a high tackle from the South African flanker, Sisafila Salonsi, saw yellow. And it's unfortunate because it was some good defending and it could have been avoided. I, I think it was just poor timing or a change of direction from the attacker. But you know, you've made the mistake, you've got to pay for it. There were some big carries from the uh, South African number eight, Heller. Which is just, again, unfortunate because it just didn't seem to go anywhere for the first half. You know, their first try came in the second half with very, very good use of space and the pace shown by Mbengue to beat the defence was... <laughs> it's just so good. They're so good. There was a, uh, a huge, huge pass to Namba out on the wing. You know, high risk, high reward, and you sort they sort of needed it. But there was just very good cover from the French side. I, across the board, very good defence. There was a huge hit by um, Vernier into Jordan. Uh, later on, a nice tap and go from Sansus. Smart use of the disorganisation. It's just been clever rugby. 
I mentioned running rugby earlier, and there was a nice display of it between uh, Menage and Druin when Menage got a nice offload to the fly half so that she could just sp- just sprint away and score that try. There seemed to be a bit of confusion as the horn went for full time, but France managed to recover quickly with Druin popping a grubber through for Grisay to close the match scoring and that is not a bad way to finish a debut is it it was a good game it was a good game South Africa played well which might not be reflected in the score but I think France just played that little bit smarter sort of using the space using the disorganisation France are clearly one of the favourites to win the World Cup this year but I don't think that South Africa are just going to lie down and take it so I think it will be interesting to see how they do over the next few weeks that it continues I don't know we'll move on to Fiji versus England and what a result for the Red Roses obviously Fiji's first World Cup game not the result They'd won, I'm sure, but they gave it a they gave it a good go, and it was quite a good performance. It was a good start from England with Claudia McDonald scoring within the first five minutes, and across the game, Fiji showing their quick hands and pace, but England were defending just so well and showing off their strength with a big drive in the mall for Amy Cocaine to get over the line big scrums throughout the game from England and there was a big carry over the line for Abby Ward to get some points on the board across the game Fiji just using their pace really applying pressure in the open when they didn't have the ball and just sprinting for the try line when they did there was an incredible break by Rodini Yavuni who just offload to Nakohi for the finish and that's sort of what we come to expect from the Fijian side it will be an incredible break and an offload with the pace to finish but it wasn't just Fiji uh, in the England jersey Kabea had a great supporting line really nice breakthrough outpaces a couple of defenders and then offloads to Roland so the centre could get away and score I mentioned the line outs earlier but there was a huge drive from England off the back of one of them the ball went in, down, to the back of the mall. Nice 10-yard drive so Cocaine could get across the line and score her second of the game. An absolute blinder for the English hooker. Backs had their moment too. Later on there was a big overlap. I think it was 4-2 on two out wide. It was very, very well-organised attack for England and good reason to play from Allcroft to go over the line and score. Similarly to the South Africa-France game, there were some silly mistakes in the hands. In this game, you know, Fiji fumbled it and there was great pressure from Kildon to get the ball out to McDonald. And the pressure from Donu to keep after her, stopping her just short. But again, you look at the support, it was right there, covering, getting over the ball, and Thompson just get away over the line there was some really nice running rugby from England you know soft hands knowing your surroundings and there was great pace from Kildun and Thompson again 
you know, England started really running away with it. With quick hands, there's always an option. There's always the pace to finish. You could say it was disorganisation from the Fijian side in the defence, but I've always seen them as an attacking team anyway. When it's on, it's on. But England were making sure it wasn't there for them. Uh, Abby Dow came in and showed off her footwork and pace up the wing. In- incredible try. You know, there was incredible reading across the board from Infante, but that intercept from the line-up to score was just something else. Really settling into this big victory that they were, you know, they were already having at this point, but they just wanted to keep going. Make a statement in the first round. Scarrett's crossfield kick to, Mac- uh, to McDonald's so she can get a hat-trick. Big drive from England so Powell can get a score as well. McDonald showing off her pace and leaving three Fijian players behind to get that try in. Last play of the game, it was good to see Fiji still playing hard and getting that last try in. Sorry about the squeaky chair. It's never nice to lose by such a margin, but to show that you're still putting in that effort that far behind and that late into the game it's it's what you want to see at any level what a result for England though right the host nation Australia versus New Zealand before I talk about the game I would like to talk about that hacker you know they had to put on a show it's the first game of this World Cup in their home and it gave me chills oh right the match good start for Australia good hands pace on the wing for Teresa to get the first try of the game there was a nice passage of play from the Black Ferns but silly mistakes in the hands meant Evania Wong could get that intercept and score a great start for the Wallaroos took 30 minutes for Nyangwu to fight over the line to get the Blackburn the first try, their first try of the game you know it was good pressure from both teams especially towards the end of the first half good turnover from Australia but with the kick not going out New Zealand just sent it through the hands ran it back up pace and power from Portia Woodman incredible play you know both teams were seemingly going tit for tat for the first half it was great pressure in attack and defence from both teams it's what you want from a game of rugby of this sort of calibre especially in this setting there was another great great string of play before Woodman's second try you know an incredible break through the Wallaroos defence good support good hands and and they managed to level the score in the second half and then it was unfortunate for the Wallaroos. Uh, Wong got sent to the bin for a deliberate knock-on. And the Australian captain, Shannon Parry, joined her not long after for a high tackle. You know, the Wallaroos' defence with only 13 players on the pitch was good, but just not enough. With Tang and Vinohu crashing over from a ruck to score. New Zealand were using the width like you'd never expect it, given the opposition players that were in the bin. And it seemed to work, with Flula running through and giving a... We'll call it a brave offload to Woodman, 
so she could get a hat trick. And you know, Ruby Tui showing off, scoring in the corner twice in five minutes. This could have been a lot closer a result than it was. You know, down to thirteen players. Of course, the opposition is going to run away with it. They've got more opportunity to wider space between defenders. But at the risk of contradicting myself, is the Black Ferns, New Zealand, are ranked number two in the world? I don't know. It will be, again, it will be interesting to see how both teams play moving forward. Right, on to the Sunday. The USA lost to Italy. They had an early lead. They seemed better in open play and they were overpowering Italy in the scrums. I'm assuming you caught her if you watched, but they actually managed to take the tight head, Batoni, entirely off her feet at one point. Again, there was lots of back and forth running rugby in the first half. But there wasn't the number of tries that I'm sure either team would like. There was some very good use of width by Italy towards the end of the first half. And it worked well because Manuzzi got over the line to level the game. And then Solari got the conversion to take the team into the lead. Again, the teams show made some silly mistakes, some fumbles. There was one particularly on the line-out, but Italy recovered it very well and had some big carries off the back of it. Then there was the second try for Italy. Uh, some great use of width, again, with Muzzo finishing it for the points. Uh, annoyingly, Italy received a yellow card later on. The fullback Vittorio Ostuni Manuzzi was penalised for a deliberate knock-on, which, personally, I think the decision could have gone either way, but it made life easier for the Eagles, as they made the most of the opposition being a player down with Cronish going over the line for a try. It seemed like Italy sort of discovered what worked and kept with it, because they kept using the width and it was working with Moots on the wing receiving the ball, beating two defenders and extending the lead. There was <laughs> there was some slight confusion at one of the lineouts, but Italy knew what they wanted. Take the ball down, was well distributed, and Magatti breaks through, head straight for the corner and left the defence behind. For me this was another game that could have gone either way. You know, Italy and the USA are 5th and 6th respectively in the world rankings. Depending on how the rest of the pool stage goes, I don't think it would be unheard of for either of these teams making it to the quarterfinals with relative ease. Right, Japan-Canada. It was a big start for Canada with a long kick, nice chase and managing to block the return. Chase that down. Score, nice early lead. Japan were relentless in their response though. Eight phases of pick and goes on the try line. It, it worked. <laughs> Maki Katano, the starting five for Japan, just powering through over the line. Canada's second try was off a line out. Good body position in the mall and drive over the line with Tatusi scoring. The Canadian scrum half, uh, Brianna Miller, there was some incredible awareness from her. She saw a gap from the ruck, sniped and scored. She managed to do this twice. I love seeing it when a, a 
Scrum Half. I love seeing when a Scrum Half can manage to snipe and actually have something of it rather than be sent straight back into the breakdown. And that was a masterclass. One thing I did think was that Canada seemed to be a bit slow from the rucks. But they were making it work. It let them set up their attack the way they wanted it. And Japan weren't quite doing as much in that time as they could or should have done. The Canadian pack would go on to demonstrate their power in the malls. With Tatusi scoring another try off of a big drive. The Japanese defence were looking strong around the breakdown on their try line at the start of the second half, but Degeda sees this, passes out to Tatusi to get another try. Again, just a great example of player awareness, knowing where your teammates are and where the opposition are to see who's most likely to be in with a shout. Uh, Japan had... Another good stab at defending the trot line after this, but the pick and goes were just wearing away at them and it ended up working with Michaela Nelson going over the line. There's two teams that are, I like to say, are fairly unanimously adored in the rugby world, be it men's, women's or sevens, and that's Japan and Fiji. I always like to see Japan doing well. And this was not that no I think that's a bit harsh I think it was just Canada were playing better not to keep going back to the rankings but they're number three in the world you saw what England did to Fiji they had to come in they had to make a statement and I think that was the intent Japan had very very good moments I think they were just a bit too few and far between for them to really make a, a massive impact. Does that make sense? Right. Wales-Scotland. Always a good match. One of the best of the Six Nations, I would say. And they didn't disappoint this time either. A good start for Wales. They were knocking on the Scottish trot line for five phases. With Alicia Butcher just breaking through, getting the ball down. Get that lead early. And Scotland gave a penalty away later, where Snowsill just took the kick, got the three and extended that lead. Scotland retaliated, getting to show off their strength with a big drive in a mall, getting Skeldon over the line to score. Uh, Wales, good soft hands and use of the whip for them to get their second try, with Kayleigh Powell being the one to put the ball down. Scotland again demonstrating their strength in the scrum on the Welsh 5 metre line. The scrum wheels. Wales concede a penalty and lose their loose head Cara Hope for 10. Scotland seemed to struggle a bit with the reset but recovered it, ran it through the hands, got it to Gaffney on the wing to get another try in. Another deliberate knock on with a Welsh winger Jasmine Joyce being sent to the Sinbin, which again worked for Scotland as they sent it wide for Gaffney to get her second try and equalise. It was great hands from the Scottish front row to get out to her. And then it happened, it went a bit wrong. 24 phases, three minutes past the buzzer for full time. And Scotland give away a penalty. 
Wales look to kick and get the three points. And that's the time of the Welsh win. This could easily be one of the closest games of the tournament. I went into this thinking that the top three could be any order of England, New Zealand and France. And from what I've seen so far, I don't think I'm a million miles off. Canada could surprise me. I'll be honest, I wasn't particularly familiar with the, the calibre of rugby they were playing. I, I still just think it was between those three. France have been playing really well. New Zealand are New Zealand. And then you look at some of the points that the Red Roses have been putting on other teams. You see how well the players have been doing in the uh, Premier 15s. And it just shouldn't be a surprise. Like I say, I always like to see Japan and Fiji do well. And I think, if nothing else, they'll play some good games. I don't think they'll necessarily destroy any other team in terms of score. But they're good to watch. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's... It's probably not too early to call. But personally, I can't shake the feeling that it'll be one of those three hopefully England well thank you for sticking around for this long I hope you enjoyed it I feel like it might have been a bit play by play-ish rather than me giving my thoughts and opinions on the game I also feel like it's running a bit short but then again I'm new to it. I'm new to it. It's only episode one. The only way is up. So hopefully you'll stick around. Listen to me ramble for X amount of time. And see my podcast quality just vastly improve. We'll see. Thanks for listening.